is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome. This is the Agenda from Blood Red. I am Dan Austin. This is Dan Morgan. We are from Liverpool.com and we're here because we're going to talk about Virgil van Dijk and Dan, uh, Diario AS of Spain. Um, one of Spain's many reputable um, news outlets that covers Barcelona and Real Madrid um, with full transparency, never writes any, um, should we say, uh, less th- well, I was going to be <laughs> maybe a bit more polite than that, but yes, definitely never does that. Um, if you think our press sometimes, the national press is a bit iffy, theirs is, is a whole new level. But anyway, Diario S has said that um, Real Madrid and Barcelona will look to make uh, transfer record moves for Liverpool's Virgil van Dijk. Uh, you've written something for it, about it for our website today. And essentially, we absolutely believe that it's a load of nonsense. And why, if you were any Liverpool player at this point, never mind Virgil van Dijk, would you want to leave to go to either of those clubs? Yeah, I mean, if they're, if they're less reputable than Marker, then they're doing well. <laughs> um, but the story is, in many ways, a non-story. It feels very much like column inches, doesn't it? I'm more interested in the wider point, Dan. I think that when you look at this in a wider context, Liverpool in the football and food chain now is higher than it's ever been in my lifetime. Um and in my lifetime, I've always grown up with worrying about the watching football world, taking notice of your players and your best players mm. and what that can then inevitably lead to. And, you know, that with this team wasn't so long ago. If you think about Philip Coutinho and how it was always mooted that he would eventually find a way to Barcelona. Um, and that, that played out. It happened. That's been a disaster for him. Um, and that's only reinforced... The fact that now, for me, I don't see anywhere else in world football where a player would want to be if they are playing for Liverpool. But also, you know, the players who aren't, I'm sure, are trying to get their agents and representatives to manoeuvre away to Merseyside because it looks like one of, if not the best destinations right now for any footballer on the planet. It has happened plenty of times, um, certainly since I've been watching football since the early 2000s, that Liverpool players have moved to Real Madrid or Barcelona for different reasons. And by and large, quite a few of them have done really well. So, mm-hmm. to, well, to back up your point on Coutinho there, Michael Owen ran down his contract at Liverpool, went to Real Madrid, it didn't work. He had to move back to England just a year later. But Xabi Alonso went to Real Madrid at a time that he thought was right for him. It certainly wasn't right for Liverpool. He went on, he won the European Cup. I think Alvaro Abelo won three European Cups at Real Madrid, or certainly at least two. Um, and he's a bit, of a, a bit of a legend at that club now. He came through there, ended up going back. We're now in the position where... I don't think any single member of our squad, even the Latin American ones who seem to have this natural draw towards Spanish football based on common culture, common language, etc., etc., I don't think any of them would genuinely think they'd be better off in any, any tangible way by going to Barcelona or Real Madrid. The only thing that could still be a draw, I would say, is is lifestyle. If you want to live somewhere hotter and sunnier than Liverpool and your family wants to speak to, to live in a Spanish-speaking country, then yeah, maybe. But in terms of playing for the best football team, in terms of challenging for the major honours in the game, and also in terms of what you're going to receive as a salary, 
those places aren't massive steps up on Liverpool. Yes, Real Madrid will pay you maybe 50 more grand a week, but once you're already on 200 grand a week, does it make that much difference? And I think that the way Liverpool have operated in the transfer market over the past few years means they've brought in the kinds of characters that aren't going to be too fussed on that. So the story is about Van Dijk. If Virgil van Dijk was bothered about leading a certain lifestyle or earning a certain amount of money. When he joined Liverpool at the end of 2017, he would have been telling his agent, get me Barcelona or get me Real Madrid or I want to move to Manchester City because that offer was on the table. But instead he bought into Liverpool and so many other players that have become stars have bought into Liverpool as well. That You just look at the squad and go, I don't think anyone is knocking down a door here saying I want to go to Barcelona or Real Madrid because it's better for me. Maybe after three, four, five years of being in Liverpool, someone might just want a different challenge in a personal sense in their mm -hmm. personal lives. But from a purely, purely footballing industry, from a purely sporting point of view, Liverpool is genuinely a final destination now, isn't it? It's not a stepping stone for you to get to one of the two big clubs in La Liga. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and Van Dijk's a big part in that, in that... He moves to Liverpool at 26, and like you rightly say, he's seemingly got the pick of Europe's elite clubs at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, Liverpool's previous transfer strategy and model up until that time felt very along the lines of young players, 18 to 25, with, in all honesty, the notion that you would accept that they would eventually, may eventually move on to somewhere like Real Madrid or Barcelona because mm -hmm. you're putting them on that trajectory. Van Dijk moves to Liverpool at a time when it's his big career move. You know, this is this is the one that he commits himself to for his best years. And like I said at the time, he's got the pick of everyone, it seems. So I think he represented a big change in that, in terms of Liverpool's mindset and their shift from what they were to what they are now. And, and I think that there's other things that then come into that. You're quite right to say that other than lifestyle, there's no reason why. Any player would want to bang down doors and say they want to leave Liverpool, but when you look at that in the context of Coutinho and Emre Chan, for example, it hasn't really mm -hmm. worked out for them. And they're in football and limbo now as a result of leaving Liverpool of their own accord. Then, again, that's that's something for the players who are there now to say, well, you know, I'm all right here. I can deal with the weather, which is probably the worst thing because I'm at, one of, if not the best side in Europe. And the league also plays a part then because it's the most competitive league in Europe. You go to Spain, you look at Neymar who goes to Paris Saint-Germain and is playing against the gang of farmers every week. That's no good to him. That, that does him no good because he hasn't got that level of competitiveness that he needs as an elite footballer. So therefore his own level drops. He gets frustrated. And I'm not throwing that at the likes of Spain and Italy, but it's clearly a marked arm from England. So Liverpool are in this sweet spot at the moment and I think the other thing to factor with that as well is that while all of this is going on, other teams are still every summer and every transfer window making four, five, six changes to the squads, constantly changing the squads around because they're looking for the right balance, the right formula mm. to get it right. Whereas Liverpool are able to keep a squad of elite footballers together at peak age and let them develop the way in which they are and... Like when I say sweet spot moments, you know, I think we all as Liverpool fans need to realise just how sweet this is because we're in a moment now where people are genuinely talking old and young about whether this is the greatest football team we've ever seen play at Anfield and that's not without reason. What's interesting about what you say there, though, I think is that we call it a sweet spot moment. So I think there's still a realisation that this doesn't necessarily just last forever. 
it might well be the case that in five years' time, if we don't plan this correctly and if we don't manage this period we are, where we are a genuinely elite European football club, mm-hmm. that you can easily end up in a 2013 situation where your best players are being linked quite seriously with Barcelona and Real Madrid and you feel like you're not quite on the same level as them and they can spend God knows what it'll be in five years' time. They can just come and say, here's 400 million for him and you've got to take it. So as much as we really appreciate and, and we all have got a sort of take time and take stock of how brilliant Liverpool are now and how quickly they've come around and done it as well. There is a need, isn't there, to make sure that it lasts as long as possible because there are so many now of those clubs that have been at the very, very top for 20, 25 years that they can, in theory, manage a few iffy years. If Real Madrid don't win a La Liga for the next four or five years, they're going to be all right in the grand scheme of things, aren't they? They'll be back after that win and whatever it is. Um, and then are now sort of a financial elite level of football club that are always going to be all right because no matter what, they can always just spend their way out of a problem if they find themselves mm. in one. Liverpool aren't quite elite in the same level as either of those two yet, but they need to make sure that over a period of time that is what happens. I think I, think I agree with you to a point. I think Liverpool are... are elite enough off the pitch to survive at the top of the three. Um, what, what that means is you put that in the context of them being a successful football club and a, a club who will generate income in a business sense because the Liverpool football Yeah, club. that's never going to stop. I get what you're saying. It's mm. the on-pitch success mm-hmm. that needs to be planned for um, in the long term. But I always, I mean, I always look at what's worked in this league before and you look at, you talk a lot about what Ferguson did at United and the level of almost self-sustainability he got his teams to was was so effortless and so so faultless that it, it, it only took minor changes to that team for them to look huge in a positive sense. So, you know, you you go and buy you go and buy Ru Van Nistelrooy as a target man up front. That's one player, but he completely changes the dimension of the team because the team itself is that good. You know, you lose a player like Roy Keane and Liverpool fans at the time are saying, God, United are going to fall to bits. It's not because, the, like I said, the, the system around them is built to such strength that these little things don't affect the bigger picture. Now, nothing lasts forever, and I get that. But I think what Jürgen Klopp's doing at Liverpool is he's putting that kind of system in place whereby... This all isn't built on a pack of cards and won't all fall down if one thing goes wrong. I think it's it's a plan which will sustain a level of, you know, things tailing off and being unsuccessful if they, if they are to be for a while. But that level won't be to to use United as a reference to David Moyes levels of no. of, of falling off a cliff. So it's all look, it's all foreseeing what's going to happen in this in this instance and 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 guessing about what the future holds but i think what liverpool are doing right now in comparison to the likes of manchester city who have what seems to be a plethora of key players over the age of 30 um looks to be a lot more planned sustainable and i would say innovative than than any of the rivals currently if we talk about self-sustainability then in the context of Van Dijk, um, I believe that Virgil van Dijk will be here until he's 32, 33 at least. Yeah. Um, I don't see any tangible reason, unless Liverpool somehow drop off a cliff, why he would leave. It's quite clear to me then that um, 
Kiana Herver and Sepp Vandenberg are chosen very specifically as transfers in the last sort of 12, 18 months by Liverpool because they are the perfect players to then learn from him. So Liverpool this summer had absolutely no interest at any stage in signing Matthias De Ligt, who went to Juventus because they haven't done any genuine sustainability planning for Leonardo Bonucci and Giorgio Chiellini. They're mm-hmm. in their mid-30s now. They haven't got time <coughs> to buy a 17-year-old and have them develop in the youth team for a while. They needed to spend £70 million on a 19-year-old lad from Ajax because they didn't really have a choice. Liverpool are doing the opposite because they've got Van Dijk, seen how well it's gone, and have thought, right, we don't need to touch centre half for five, six years here, but let's sort out five, six years now rather than wait until then when a bang average centre half is probably worth 120 million quid and a top, top draw centre half is worth 200. Let's just get this lad who's playing really well in the Netherlands now who is 17 years old and you know what, it might not work out for him, but we've got evidence, we've got data that really implies that it's going to. Let's sort him out. And then here's this second one, let's go and get him as well. So not only should Liverpool really be able to keep hold of Van Dijk now, but they're doing their very best to find the next Van Dijk before he turns into the superstar that they had to pay 75 million quid for. Yeah, and and you know either of those two players you've referenced could be in five years' time playing in a back four with, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Joe Gomez, who would be no... And still Andy Robertson at maybe 30, but... Maybe 30, no older than 25, 27, those two players. So um, it all points to Liverpool doing things the right way with with the right strategy. And, you know, I've I've got a bit of a theory about Van Dijk and that I just have said for a while, not to his detriment in any way, but he just looks to me like a player whose legs might fall off when he hits about 33, 34... But after looking at that video from the weekend where he absolutely sprints and and puts that tackling on Joel Linton, then I, I take it all back and he can, <laughs> he can still play till he's 40 down for me. So um, it was it was frightening. I got a bit scared watching it. <laughs> I think essentially then, just to wrap up the video, if, if we're asking the question, is Virgil van Dijk going to join Barcelona or Real Madrid? <clears throat> we're saying no, and he's going to play for Liverpool till he's 58. It's <laughs> 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 the takeaway from me and Dan here. <laughs> As I said earlier, Dan has written something really good on this very subject matter for liverpool.com today. Uh, there's also plenty of match reaction on there from Newcastle. There's loads of Champions League stuff as well previewing uh, Napoli tomorrow night there's a really lovely photo essay uh, done by an American photographer called Pat Harrington who does a bit of work for Liverpool.com as well so if you're into that kind of thing he's done really good pictures of everything around Anfield and Liverpool City Centre from Saturday so do make sure to check out our website and also make sure to subscribe and press the notification bell on the Blood Red YouTube page but for now thanks very much from Dan thanks from me all the best You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.